Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things in credit markets that caught our eye. So before you pack up for the week and get ready to fire up that grill and engage in CDC-approved maskless behavior, or head, as we Philadelphians say, down the shore, we're glad you chose to listen to our holiday week send-off. All right, let's get started. This week, our three things are, one, navigating uncharted waters requires data, but the data is noisy. Don't lose sight of what's happening with consumer confidence. It's been pretty insightful. Two, the technology sector gets nicked by creditors from a business risk standpoint. Big tech needs to be reclassified. We'll explain. And three, the NAIC's adoption of private rating letter rationale reports is a sensible outcome without hindering the U.S. private placement market. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. We've talked about how many market prognosticators seemingly believe a switch can be flipped. In this case, that switch is highly effective vaccines and powerful economic recovery ensues. But then we got price and supply pressures for materials. Then we got the April jobs report. And recently, and we've talked about this about a month ago, we've been getting underwhelming consumer confidence reports. If we really distilled down the data, we'd be hard-pressed to find something more valuable than what's happening in the labor market and with consumer confidence. In fact, it's hard to find something as meaningful as consumer confidence as the health of the labor market clearly impacts that particular marker. Now, to that point, and looking back over the pandemic era, consumer confidence has provided useful context for where the economy was headed. We thought about this in four phases. Phase one, the plunge. Back in April, a precipitous one for sure in terms of consumer confidence, but it fell only half as far as was the case in the GFC, as the government support response was far more decisive and impactful. Phase two, the bounce. Over much of the balance of 2020, confidence gradually improved as we learned to live with the virus. But with readings well off of pre-pandemic levels, it was clear this was no V-shaped recovery. Phase three, the green light. Effective vaccines and a blue wave catalyzes another leg up in confidence to a pandemic-era high as we headed into 2021, with confidence getting back to within 10% of healthy levels. In phase four, a reality check. Confidence has actually turned down modestly in May as there is friction and scarring evident in the labor and financial markets and rising prices of everything from consumer staples to cars to homes leave a mark. Confidence indices have slid back to 20% or so below healthy levels. So with confidence still meaningfully off of healthy levels, but acknowledging the still powerful effects of stimulus and positive trends in the battle against COVID-19, we observe the following. One, we remain less constructive on economic growth than the most bullish forecasts, those out there north of 7%. Two, we believe the Fed has data it needs to remain dovish in the face of transitory price increases. And three, we believe equity market volatility will, at times, lean on credit market conditions, but overall, spread should prove to be relatively durable over the balance of 2021. Okay, on to our second thing, reclassifying tech. A big tech has gotten a bad name. In equity markets, its ever-growing prominence distorts indices and fuels volatility. 
In political circles, its omnipotence gets demonized for everything from adversely influencing elections to undermining privacy. In labor markets, it's a jobs killer. In credit, tech usually meant mature, if there is such a thing in tech, large-cap industrials like IBM or Cisco or Microsoft, the latter, by the way, being one of two remaining AAAs. But I've long thought that tech involves a wide array of business risk, business services, manufactured hardware, and fashion. Yes, fashion. Think about Apple commercials or how quickly out of fashion firms like BlackBerry or Nokia fell. But we really ought to think about some of these tech giants as consumer and commercial staples, which is no small statement in that the reclass goes from one of the highest categories of business risk, technology, which implies a rapidly shifting landscape, to one of the lowest. But in certain cases, it makes sense, and it's long overdue. If we think about staples as essential products used every day by individuals and businesses, that seems to define firms like Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, and Microsoft. Growth is, in many cases, phenomenal, truly secular and not cyclical, and the customer base is truly global. And they all continue to diversify, leveraging super-strong brand equity and massive financial wherewithal into leadership positions in more and more product and service segments. Oh, there is one more risk that comes into play in this sector. It's regulatory. But for now, that seems to be under control. In any event, we think firms in the tech space should be viewed as an amalgamation of business risk components, not unlike conglomerates, although these tend to be mixes of consumer staples and a bit on the commercial side, rather than industrial cyclicals. And that points to lower risk. All right, on to our third thing, the NAIC's adoption of private rating letter rationale reports. While on the surface, this particular topic reads like a highly technical directive from the NAIC, it represents, in our opinion, a sensible outcome without hindering the U.S. private placement market. Now, this past week, the NAIC adopted changes to its Investment Analysis Office's Purposes and Procedures Manual, requiring insurance companies to provide private rating reports to the Securities Valuation Office to obtain NAIC designation for private rating letter filing-exempt securities. These changes become effective January 1, 2022. The P&P Manual amendments state that a private rating report means, quote, an analytical review of the privately rated security explaining the transaction structure, methodology relied upon, and, as appropriate, analysis of the credit, legal, and operational risks, and mitigants supporting the assigned NAIC credit rating provider rating. In its memorandum to the NAIC's Valuation of Securities Task Force earlier this year, the SVO wrote that it expects a private rating report to be comparable to what a rating agency would publish in its publicly available reports for that asset type. As a matter of practice, KBRA's pre-sale and new issue rating reports generally contain detailed explanations of transaction structure, methodology, risks, mitigants, and other important factors in assigning a rating. Any KBRA private rating report will continue to be timely, transparent, substantive, and of the same caliber as our publicly available reports and research. Additionally, KBRA utilizes the same methodologies to assign ratings, regardless of whether the ratings are private or publicly available. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, consumer confidence trends have been insightful in framing out 
the economic recovery. Two, big tech business risk is often misunderstood. It often has more in common with consumer and commercial staples than high-risk industrials. And three, the NAIC's adoption of private rating letter rationale reports is a sensible outcome without hindering the U.S. private placement market. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest reports and research. Enjoy the holiday. See you next week.